You're listening to Undrafted with Carl Wayman. Hey guys, thank you for tuning in to Undrafted. Carl here, uh, always with Jose, producer. Real quick, I guess, you know, apology to the listeners. It's been probably two weeks, I think, since I've published an episode. One week. Not sure. It's, uh, it's, it's been hectic on my end of things, and I do apologize. If anyone would like to help alleviate that issue, you're more than welcome to make a sizable contribution financially to the podcast. Then I can dedicate, you know, more time. Won't have to work a real job. Hashtag child support. Anyways, uh, today's show, uh, as promised, I did put together a segment to talk about that 2014 quarterback draft class that features the infamous Blake Bortles, of course. Maybe talk a little Raiders, actually, right after that. I think they actually lead into each other very well, given Derek Carr was in that draft class as well. And then um, I want to talk about playoffs, obviously. We're, we're kind of getting to that halfway mark of the season, uh, a little, little bit past it now. Things are starting to shape up in a severe manner. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. But yes, playoffs. I want to talk about playoffs. I think that bit's extra funny, given the context of my show and kind of your first four or five episodes. I'm, I'm super bandwagon on the Cleveland Browns and saying, oh, you know, AFC wildcard team, I'm feeling it. And then that's kind of the response I'm getting from Cleveland Brown friends, fans. That's kind of the response I'm getting from Cleveland Brown fans is, you know, playoffs? You want to talk about playoffs? I'm trying to win a game. Resident fan in-house, well, not in-house, but, you know, our usual guy on the show, Mark Goodman, that, that's his response almost every time. I may even do a uh, segment towards the end of the show called Drunk Texts from Mark. They get pretty funny. So we, we may throw that in. We'll, we'll, we'll try to call him and get him on the show, too. Uh, but with, without further ado, let's, let's go ahead. Let's talk about that 2014 quarterback draft class. I will start with the third overall pick, Jacksonville. They chose Blake Bortles. 22nd overall pick, Cleveland Browns, Johnny Manziel. So right there, your first two quarterbacks taken in the draft, third and 22nd overall. Hindsight's 2020. But if, if you would if you would have talked to me at the time, I would have told you no and no. On top of that, but like I said, hindsight's 2020. Any anyways, go to 32nd overall, Titty. Titty, Titty. Hopefully we can leave that in because that's funny. Um, Teddy Bridgewater to Minnesota. 36th overall, Derek Carr to Oakland. And that's so that's second round. I sorry, I should have prefaced that. Second round, 36th overall. Still second round, 62nd overall, Jimmy Garoppolo. And then I'm not going to go through the rest of the picks, except I will jump down to the fifth round because I think it's a little pertinent. Uh fifth round, 164th overall, AJ McCarron. So my my math may be off, but I count 13 quarterbacks drafted in 2014. You could argue two of them, maybe you could argue three, are technically starting quarterbacks right now in the NFL. I say two, you could argue three. When I say two, I'm obviously talking Derek Carr, Oakland Raiders, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy G. Now he got injured, but he's in theory the San Francisco 49ers starter. However, that may be changing depending on how Nick Mullins shapes up this season. And we'll, we'll talk about Nick Mullins a little bit later in the episode. Uh, and then obviously, I say two, possibly three, so counting the Jimmy G, but also Blake Bortles as he was benched. And I, I still, every day for the past three and a half, four years, have said no on playing Blake Bortles. So clearly the, the uh, well, 
the quarterback that has had the most success, and maybe you can say statistically if you want to put a word to describe it, is has been Derek Carr. He has had the most, you know, best completion percentage, best touchdown to interception ratio, most starts, more wins, so on and so forth. He's carried his team severely more than Blake Bortles has, obviously. Blake Bortles hasn't carried his team. His team has carried him. Teddy Bridgewater was a very was he was a good starter for Minnesota up to the point he got injured. He's a backup now, which I I think Minnesota, I'm not going to say they were thankful he got injured, but I think Minnesota has definitely moved on and evolved in finding that replacement for Teddy Bridgewater. Part of part of the big issue when you draft a quarterback high is that pressure to use and play that quarterback. Ask, ask the Cleveland Browns, they've been dealing with it since 2000. I'll jump to Jimmy G real quick. Drafted by the Patriots, 62nd overall, second round, 2014. Got to sit behind Tom Brady. We saw a flash or two here or there from him when he got to play during maybe a Brady suspension or injury. Looked very good, looked great. Went over to the 49ers last season. Started, what, last six games? Won all six of them, essentially. I think I believe it was six. Somebody can fact check me on that. Um, I'm not going to say I'm 100% sure on that. But regardless of whatever it is, Jimmy G played well. You know, of course, and then he had his thing with his uh, lady friend to avoid using the word porn star. Oh, used it anyways. Whoops. And, oh, we need to, that reminds me, we need to go check the statistics on, I, I said that his girlfriend would get more views than the San Francisco 49ers did the rest of the season. So we'll go run those numbers. We'll get it to you next episode, hopefully. Anyways, Jimmy, Jimmy G really shaped up, turned into a good quarterback. Now, is that who he is? Or should I, maybe I should say, is that who he was? Or did he become that after sitting behind Tom Brady for so long? for a couple years, getting to learn and develop. We've really seen what that time on the bench can do for people, i.e. Patrick Mahomes. Let me go over to A.J. McCarron. A.J. McCarron was drafted by Cincinnati. Wow. A.J. McCarron was drafted by Cincinnati, 164th overall, fifth round. I think he was a very good backup at Cincinnati, and now they, they moved him over to Oakland. Of course, you know, Derek Carr got benched in the blowout to the 49ers on Thursday, which we'll, like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll talk into that. We'll go into Nick Mullins and stuff. But anyways, A.J. McCarron, definitely better than Blake Bortles, I would argue. So here's, here's where the, I guess the fun part is, hindsight's 20-20, so on and so forth. Now, of course, every year we see, different, we see different draft redos after we've seen how players turn out and develop. Uh, I'm not going to do a full-blown 2014 draft redo. Just what I'm going to do real quick is take those spots where a quarterback was taken, and maybe that team takes a different quarterback, and I'll just do the top four spots. Third pick, 22nd pick, 32nd pick, and 36th pick. So, in hindsight, if, if they're still picking a quarterback, third pick overall, the Jacksonville Jaguars take Derek Carr. Take ser- Seriously, look at it now. Switch Derek Carr and Blake Bortles. I argue Jacksonville's won a Super Bowl in the past year, and they're a Super Bowl contender this year. They're not a Super Bowl contender this year. I've talked about that. Last year, Blake Bortles did not have to play Andrew Luck twice. Last year, Blake Bortles did not have to play Deshaun Watson twice. This year, they're both healthy. They're here. They're playing great. Deshaun Watson lights out. I've bet money on Deshaun Watson winning two weeks in a row now. And Daddy's getting paid. Was that, was that cheesy? Was that stupid? I don't know. It was a little, little goofy, but, you know, whatever. Uh, so, yeah, third pick, Derek Carr, Jacksonville Jaguars. 22nd overall, Cleveland Browns. Okay, let me let me go back and tell you this real quick. Let's talk about talk about the Cleveland Browns real quick and a little little draft philosophy on why you would pick Johnny Manziel. And I can't come up with a single reason other than it's cool, which isn't even a real reason. 
Um, Johnny Manziel, a, a smaller quarterback. I wouldn't say in watching his career at Tech, Texas Tech, excuse me, or even watching him in high school. Oh, but who watched him in high school? I, I went to high school 15 miles from him. We were different divisions. Our schools were different sizes. But, you know, literally down the road. Allen, Texas, I was in Prosper. Due to my show being rated G or PG or whatever, I can't say some of the words I would use to describe Johnny Menzel's character and what he is like as a person. But anyways, I, I bring up the size, the attitude, all that. You know, Cleveland, it, it gets cold in Cleveland. It's windy in Cleveland. Guess what? You play teams. Here, here's Cleveland. You will play Baltimore twice. You will play in Pittsburgh twice. You will play in Cincinnati twice. At least half of those games are guaranteed to be in cold weather, especially if you get them towards the end of the season. Then you have the rest of your games in Cleveland that are going to be in cold weather. You need a man holding and throwing that football. You need a Carson Wentz. Now, yes, Carson Wentz wasn't in that draft. Carson Wentz was 2016 NFL draft. But when I think of why Philadelphia went and got Carson Wentz, where did Carson Wentz play? North Dakota State. Terrible weather. You're not looking for someone with massive college numbers. You're looking for someone with a proven record of playing in one horrible weather, but also being tough. I would never use the word tough to describe Johnny Manziel. So with, with that said, given size and other things and look, looking at what's on the draft board, if, if Cleveland were to draft a quarterback 22nd overall in that 2014 draft, I think they should have taken Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that's a much better pick. And in hindsight, in hindsight, maybe at the time, Jimmy G wasn't that, you know, beautiful of an idea. But I can't say Johnny Manziel was a better idea. Good Lord. Let's speed this up a little bit. 32nd pick overall. I, I think man, Minnesota, given what's been taken, what's left, if they have to take a quarterback, they still take Teddy Bridgewater at that pick due to who's left. Then Oakland, 36th overall. Second round pick. I think they would take A.J. McCarron because that's what's left. And seeing how that's shaped out. Which, ironically enough, or maybe it's not irony, I don't know. I'm not an English major. But anyways, A.J. McCarron plays for the Raiders now anyways as their backup. Or potentially as their starter next season. Or maybe later this season. Which brings me to talk about the Raiders and Derek Carr. Derek Carr's 100% sure that he's going to be on the Raiders long term. Um, has anyone seen what John Gruden's doing? He He's currently in a major remodel of the Oakland Raiders who I've described as a dumpster fire but perhaps it's a controlled fire maybe a controlled forest fire burning here's why I say that John Gruden trades Cleo Mack gains a first round pick in 2019 and a first round pick in 2020 now there were some other picks that they exchanged third here fourth here going back and forth but first round picks like well that's that's your that's your usually guaranteed reward type of pick right then trade deadline Amari Cooper gets shipped off to Dallas for a first-round pick. Let me ask you, who won that deal? The Oakland Raiders getting a first-round pick in 2019? Or the Dallas Cowboys getting Amari Cooper? The answer is the Raiders. If anyone says the Dallas Cowboys, then they're not watching football. Now, it could be the Cowboys if the Cowboys were a number one wide receiver away from being a Super Bowl contending team, but they're not this year. They're not a Super Bowl contending team this year, even with Amari Cooper. Silly move by the Cowboys. However, John Gruden made out on that. He, he, he ran away with that one. Genius move by John Gruden. And 
before our, all the haters come out of the woodworks. But Amari Cooper's a great wide receiver, Carl. What's Oakland going to do without... O- Oakland has clearly established that this season is a wash. They are playing for a first pick overall. Not only are they playing for a first pick overall, it looks like they're going to have three first-round picks next year. If you count the year 2020, they have five first-round picks in t- the two years combined coming up. Next two drafts, the Oakland Raiders have five first-round picks. John Gruden is planning and playing for 2020, the year 2020, for those who don't know what 2020 means in that context. What happens in 2020? Raiders are moving to Las Vegas. Imagine opening week, you you have a brand new franchise quarterback, let's say, and four other first-round draft picks from 2019, 2020, all starters. The, the, The Raiders have the most cap space in the NFL right now, I believe. So here we go. Maybe not next year, but the year after. They're going to grab free agents off the market. They're going to build a squad. Now, John Gruden, you know, he was talking in a press conference. He said, oh, I got people calling my cell phone because they want to come play for the Raiders. I'm not going to necessarily buy that right this second. What I will buy into is that money buys players, which the Raiders have a ton of cap space, especially after they potentially cut ways with Derek Carr. Not not a fact, not a spoiler alert, not an insider trade that I, I, I picked up on, but I can't imagine, you know, Gruden doing these changes and keeping Derek Carr as well. I think Gruden wants to get his guy in there. Gruden wants to draft his own quarterback to get under center. Which, I'll talk about that for a second in the sense of, let me bring up, I, I said I would bring it up, Nick, Nick Mullins. Who is Nick Mullins? Well, he, he's the quarterback that the 49ers started on Thursday night football against the Oakland Raiders. Now, Nick Mullins, in his NFL debut, out of Southern Mississippi, by the way, for those who don't know, he went 16 of 22 for 262 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Outplayed Derek Carr. Now, is that fair of me to say? Maybe not. Derek Carr is kind of surrounded by, as I've said, a dumpster fire. But things aren't that hot. Or maybe they are hot because it's fire as well. In San Francisco. San Francisco's not looking too good either. Anyways, the point being, Derek Carr, I don't think, is elevating the play of the Raiders right now. He needs pieces around him. So if you're Gruden and you're going to get those pieces, you might as well just replace the whole thing. Get your guy under center. And I I really think that Gruden will do that. But I'm going to call it now. Oh, excuse me. almost said Oakland. Las Vegas Raiders, wildcard team in 2020. Write it down. It's 2018, I know, how can I say that? Oh well. I think it's fun. Hopefully if this show is still going in 2020, hopefully with a nice little sponsor or two, we can look back at this episode and say I was right. What's that? Uh, Playoffs? Don't talk about Playoffs? You kidding me? Oh, that's so good. I love that. I love that. Little, oh, oh, or excuse me, Las Vegas Raiders playoffs 2020, right? All right. But uh, on to the show. On to the show. Before I, I jump into playoffs, I'd like to start a new segment that may be the last time we do the segment, depending on the habits of others. But this segment's called Drunk Text with Mark. So the, these texts from Mark, um, this, is, this goes back to Sunday, October 21st. So they, they had just lost to the Buccaneers in overtime. I actually, I text Mark first because I said, looks like the Ravens will lose. They were looking like they were going to lose their game to Carolina, I think, at the time. 
You know, little fingers crossed emoji. I'm a Steelers fan. I need the Ravens to lose. Mark replies with, season is over, dude. So absolutely nothing to do with what I just said, but that's fine. I feel for him. I try to cheer him up. I've also supported the uh, Browns on my podcast, and I tell him, hey, if the Bengals lose tonight, then the Browns will only be one game behind everyone, essentially, right? In the NFC North, or AFC North, excuse me. And then I said, WTF are you talking about? LOL. And he says, season, equal sign, over. Browns lose by 30-plus next week. 2-13-1. He sends me his prediction of their record. 2-13-1. Then he says, BS team in a league that doesn't want them to win. I text back 8-7-1. I snuck a text in there real quick before he continued to berate the Browns. Uh, then he says they, they won't be a playoff team until after I'm dead. He's he's getting he's getting dark here, guys. I say, Mark, realistically, y'all y'all should lose the rest of your schedule. Wow, well, I didn't really help him there, did I? If you look at the rest of their schedule for the rest of the season, it is an onslaught. But like it's like leading up to a boss battle that they're not gonna be alive for if it were a video game. But anyway, I say, Mark, you need to relax, bro. LOL. Mark replies, I hate this. Fudge Popsicle team. This is rated E for everyone, okay? I have to say Fudge Popsicle. Mark, I reply, you guys are so much better than last year. You are fun to watch now. Which is so true, which is so true, by the way. Right, not, not part of the text. The Browns are fun to watch. I like watching the Browns football this year. Mark replies, yeah, to watch lose, I bet. I said, Mark, do you need a fudge sickling hug? LOL. Mark replies, can't wait till the ref give you a 34-31 to 31 win next week because the Steelers and Browns played the following week. I need the Browns to die. Just leave. I said, Mark, you went from losing by 30 to only 3. Mark completely ignores my 30-3 to 3 thing and says, go to Fudge Sickle, Oakland. They're telling the Browns to move to Oakland since they'll need a football team, you know, in 2020, right? I then, after really, you know, assessing the conversation and what's going on i ask mark are you drunk he says yes and fudge sickle you for asking with a laughing face emoji i reply lmfao the crazy thing is you guys could really be six and one right now talk talking about the browns at that point for anyone who disagrees with me i'll go through it for you browns tie the steelers week one uh, field goal wins it. They, I believe, missed a field goal and had one blocked as well. Browns lose to the Saints by three after missing, I think, two extra points and two field goals. Uh, Browns beat the Jets. Browns lose to the Raiders by three in overtime um, after a shootout, 42-45. to There were some unbelievably questionable calls at the end of that game that I, I will say, as a spectator, caused the, cost, excuse me, cost the Browns the game. Browns go and beat the Ravens. Um, that week after, so at this point, they lost to the Chargers, 38-14. That's that one loss that, yes, the Browns lost that game. They lost. Then you go to the Buccaneers. They lose 23-26. to uh, Again, horrendous, awful, terrible calls. Um, and I believe, I believe a missed kick in that game as well. I believe a missed kick in that game as well. Mark could tell you, though. Go ask Mark. And then... So now, you know, in hindsight up to this point, that text was sent before they played the Steelers and lost and Chiefs and lost. But, you know, you you count those. That's one, two right there. In reality, the Browns really could be, what, is that six and three? Is that one, two, three, four, five, six? 
seven, eight. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, yeah. The Browns really feasibly could be six and three right now, based on what they've won and how they've lost. I think that's kind of one of the things. And you know, so okay, let's say real quick, Browns are six and three. Todd Haley and Hugh Jackson aren't fired, right? But anyways, that's that is kind of one of those things though that makes you a better head coach in the NFL and a better team is you do win those close three-point games. You do play well enough to where the referees cannot completely influence the decision of that game. So anyway, so I I tell Mark at that time, you know, the only game you have actually lost was against the Chargers. Mark says, yeah, I hate this franchise so much. I said, just go, oh, I don't know how to explicit this one. Just go love yourself. (laughs) Is that, is that good? Just go love yourself? Just, you know, just go show yourself some self-appreciation with Jergens and Kleenex and go to sleep, bro. Mark says, already ahead of you, minus the sleep. So at this point in the conversation, Mark is potentially um, tackling the brownie. Can we say that? Is that... Yeah, he's tackling the Mark's tackling the brownie, I think. I respond, LMAO, well, I'll leave you to that. Laughing face emojis. He immediately responds, need to play Call of Duty. Ha ha. I miss you, dude. Well, so he says I miss you, dude. While potentially tackling the brownie, not sure. I'm not upset if he is though. And I'm glad I'm, you know, I'm glad he loves. I love him too. I love you too, Mark. Like actually, I woke up this morning I'm in, I'm in bed and I just, I, I gave him a, a FaceTime or not a Facebook video call just to talk to them. Just hey, what's going on guys? You know, miss y'all. Love y'all. Right. I said, he, you know, Hey, you, you and the lady doing all right. Yeah. Yeah, bro. We're good. He says, good dude. That's all that matters. And then I text him later after all the coaching firings happened and stuff, but that's not as funny as the drunk text with Mark. Anyways, good stuff. You know, maybe we should get Mark on the phone. What do you think? Surprise call? Yeah. Surprise calls are always good. I, I just shot him a text real quick. We won't 100% surprise him. I just said, can I call? We'll, we'll make sure he's in a place to talk. Maybe we'll, we'll just ask him a little bit about some brownie stuff. Um, and then actually, I, I do have a little trivia for him. We'll, we'll ask Mark a trivia question. Brown's, Brown's trivia question. I like that. So while we're, while we're waiting for Mark to reply, if he does, if he does. Oh, 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 actually, I'm getting texts from other people. Uh, um, um, actually, I need to look into a game real quick because I'm gambling. No, 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 leave it, leave it running. Leave, leave this running. This is, this is, uh, this is airway, airwave gold. So I, I, I gamble a lot, ladies and gentlemen. Um, oh, wow. So I bet on the Texans to win minus one. They're up 19 to 17, 57 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Broncos have the ball third and eight at the Denver 45. Um, I have approximately $100 riding on this right now. So we're going to switch over live. Well, it's not really live. This is a podcast. So you will listen to this far after the fact. And I will just keep this rolling. Oh, Mark text back. With my parents, can you wait a bit? Yes. Tell the Goodmans. I love them. Send. All right. So we, we're, we're, we send our love to the Goodmans. Uh, call when you are available. How about that? Yeah. All right, cool. All right, let's go ahead. We'll, we'll move on. And Jose, can, can you guess what I want to talk about right now while we wait for Mark Goodman to be able to call? Uh, playoffs. Don't talk about 
Playoffs? You kidding me? Yeah, well, let's let's talk about playoffs. Let's look at the, not Blake Bortles. We talked about him earlier at the beginning of the show. Oh, yeah, right. um, let's talk about playoffs. Let's go and look at each division. Look at some standings right now. How things are? Oh, passing complete. Case Keenum passing complete. Short left to Emmanuel Sanders. It is now Denver's ball. I think they are fourth and eight on their own forty-five. We will check back into that momentarily. Uh, One moment, please. Let me get my standings up. Um, Jose, we'll also, too, we will go into, because I remember I'd given NFC predictions. Mm-hmm. We'll touch on those and see how I'm doing, how I'm faring. All right, so let's let's tackle the AFC first. We have Kansas City Chiefs are, are the number one seed right now at 8-1. At and one. New England Patriots, number two seed at 6-2. and two. Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, number three seed, 5-2-1. and one. Um, worthy note right now, the Patriots and Steelers will play, um, in December, I believe. Steelers have already lost to the Chiefs. Um, the, the Steelers do have a bit of a doozy for the, you know, upcoming weeks. They have Panthers, Jaguars, Broncos, Chargers, Raiders, Patriots, Saints, Steelers, Bengals, excuse me, I said the Steelers, uh, Bengals last week of the season. That Week 17 game, Steelers-Bengals, um, depending on how the Steelers do the next six weeks and how the Bengals do as well, that Week 17 game could decide the division. That's that's awesome. That's that's good football. That's good schedule making. The only game I can say the Steelers for sure are going to take is the Raiders, which, you know, I say for sure they should. Mike Tomlin does lose to teams below 500 for whatever reason, though. I'm, I'm worried about the game against the Jaguars as well. Just because that's a game we should win, and because we should win it, we probably aren't going to. But hopefully, hopefully Blake Bortles can show up for me. You know what I mean? But anyways, Panthers next week, uh, going to be a great game. But back to what I'm talking about here. Houston Texans, uh, fourth seed right now at 5-3. and three. Um, I, I think right now we, we are looking at Kansas City. New England, Pittsburgh, and Houston being the top four seeds. Not necessarily in that order. There may be some shuffling around. Kansas City may drop a game or two, especially as the weather gets colder. That ball gets harder to throw. Their defense is suspect, to say the least. Uh, Patriots play tonight uh, against uh, Green Bay. Um, Real quick, I'll I'll piggyback off that. So I'm I'm tired of people comparing Aaron Rodgers to Tom Brady. I'm, I'm going to throw you some numbers. Now, granted, Tom Brady's been in the league for, I don't know, you what, six, seven more years than Aaron Rodgers. The numbers are a little skewed or, or whatever. Um, but, you know, still, it's it, I mean, it's not even close. I don't When I think greatest of all time, Aaron Rodgers is not even a thought in my head. I'll give you one line for it. Tom Brady, five Super Bowl wins and four Super Bowl MVP awards. I'm not going to say any more. I don't need to. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear anything about Tom Brady's been a part of a better team. Tom Brady, this no, okay. Aaron Rodgers has taken the contracts he's taken for a reason, and left his team with nothing to build with, because as a person, he's go seriously, go spend some time looking it up. Most of Aaron Rodgers' family can't stand him. Uh, most players that have played with him say, "Oh yeah, he's a great competitive. He's a competitive guy. Who isn't in the NFL? But he's not necessarily a nice guy that I'd hang out with." I've read it a time or two. Talent level, if the NFL were about how far you could throw a ball, 
then Aaron Rodgers sure would have six Super Bowl rings. Playing quarterback's about a lot more than throwing a football and how far you can do that. Not having the discussion. Patriots win tonight, by the way. I put $100 on it. I believe Patriots are minus five. I took minus six and a half, actually. No, minus five and a half. They're minus five and a half. I took that. They will cover the spread. They will win me money. Let's jump back over. I, did, I didn't even look at the uh, Texans, 19, Buccaneers, 17. That's the final. I just won more money. I should start maybe posting my picks if people want to start winning money. I'm literally 12 for 12 the past four weeks. Just craziness. The, the way I do it, before I make a bet... If I cannot justify my pick with one simple sentence, then I don't take the bet. Now, of course, you could say, oh, but Carl, you could counteract that with one simple sentence as well. Yeah, yeah, you can argue against anything for sure. You can disprove, you can do whatever. Why am I taking the Patriots tonight? Tom Brady's better than Aaron Rodgers. That's why. And that's my simple sentence. And if you disagree, you disagree. Is it an opinion? Sure, maybe. Five Super Bowls is not an opinion, though. All right, anyway, anyways. Back to what I was talking about, AFC playoff picture, like I said, Chiefs, Patriots, Steelers, Texans, top four seeds, the wild card seeds right now, if the season were to end today, you got Chargers and Bengals at five and six, Dolphins, Ravens, Titans, Jags in the hunt, Colts in the hunt, Broncos in the hunt, and we're, we won't go past that. Technically, the, the only teams I would argue are mathematically eliminated, if I can learn English are the Buffalo Bills and the Oakland Raiders. Uh, Technically, the Cleveland Browns, you still have a way in, by the way. Maybe I'll do a segment next show on who has a way in and what it is. Anyways, uh, my two wildcard teams, though, your Los Angeles Chargers are going to get a wildcard spot, and whoever's second place in the AFC North is going to get that other wildcard spot. That's what I believe. I don't think the Dolphins are going to come through. Um, The Ravens got a lot to turn around if they want to catch it. Uh, So, you know, Bengals and Steelers, I can't say who's going to win the division quite yet because they both are up against an onslaught, such as the Browns, such as the Ravens. The whole schedule for the AFC North is just rough this year. But we'll see. Let's let's jump over to the NFC, shall we? All right. Now, you know, I'm going to do this by division real quick. I don't know if you have it written down anywhere. Uh, NFC East, I said I said the Eagles would win the NFC East. They are second, four and four. Redskins are five and three. Redskins dropped a game today to the Falcons, which I bet on. I bet on the Falcons winning. I was right. Uh, I, I don't think the Redskins are going to keep it up. I think the Eagles will find their stride. Eagles win the division. Redskins possible wild card team. NFC North. I said the Chicago Bears will win it. They're technically in first right now because the Vikings have a tie. Um, the Bears have only played one division game, which they lost. So the Bears have a lot of room to make up. The Bears have a lot of opportunity to create a gap. They win those, they, they still have five division games left. They win those five division games. They're at least at 10 wins and they add losses to everyone else. I'm not worried about the Lions or Packers. The only team the Bears need to worry about is the Vikings. And the Vikings have been pretty hit or miss so far. NFC South, I said the Saints would win it. Um, the Saints right now are tied 35-35 with Los Angeles Rams. They're at 6-1, possibly going to go to 6-2, possibly going to go to 7-1. I don't think the Panthers are going to keep pace. They're going to drop more games than they need to. I like Drew Brees. Uh, real quick, I have dissed Cam Newton in the past. Cam Newton has really played really good football the past two weeks. 
He's looking good. He's improved. Uh, somebody was talking MVP season for Cam, like NFL MVP. No, I'm not going to say that. And we can talk numbers, and I'll show you why. But I'm not even going to waste my time with it. But Cam Newton is playing better football. So good, good for Cam. Way to become coachable. Falcons, Buccaneers, out of it, out of the race completely. Neither of them wildcard teams. Uh, Panthers, possible wildcard team. NFC West, I said the Rams would win it. I stick to that gun. Uh, Seahawks, possible wildcard team. Don't need to bring up the Cardinals and 49ers. It's, it's almost really odd, I think. We're in week nine. We're in week nine, and I feel like we can, like I just went through, we have our six playoff teams on each side. I think it's just the positioning within the brackets that we're playing for now for the rest of the season, whereas the losing teams now need to start deciding if they are tanking for the rest of the season to get the higher draft pick. Or if you're an awkward team like the Ravens, where you are, what, 4-4, four and four, you need help to get in now. Do you, so you keep playing your heart out, obviously, but I don't think the Ravens are a playoff team right this second. So just a status update. I know, kind of random. I'm jumping. I just finished with the Ravens, but I just had to put this in. I've made $800 this football season on gambling, and I'm proud. I have found a crutch, a vice. <laughs> <laughs> I have found a vice that I'm good at. Not that I wasn't good at drinking. I'm very good at drinking. <laughs> just other people don't necessarily agree with it. Um, anyways, I'm, I am 12 for 12 the past four weeks or so. I pick about three games a week. I started about four weeks ago doing very good. Uh, enjoy it. Maybe I'll start including segments on that. I don't, I don't really know. I, I want to get Mark Goodman in on a call time. Jose, what are, what are we at, brother? All right, so we just got resident Brown fan Mark Goodman on the phone. We, we just finished up a drunk text with Mark. It's a new segment we started. Uh, hope might be the last time we do the segment, depending on Mark's uh, drinking and texting habits. <laughs> but, I, I mean, no shame on you, Mark. I am three-quarters of the way through a bottle of Jack Daniels, and I've been playing online Texas Hold'em all day. So there's no judgment for me to you. I'm I'm far worse. Anywho. And your, and your team won today. And my team won today. You're right. Hey, I, I did gamble. Uh, I, I don't count it in my actual gambling because it, it was more of a funny bet. I only bet $20. But I did bet $20 on the Browns today to cover their spread, which they didn't, But <laughs> which kind of goes against me saying I've always won my bets. But... Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've, I've won my big bets, my $100 bets I've been right. doing. So anyways, Mark, we're, we, we've been doing trivia on the show. And uh, I think I have a very good question for you. And I, I wanted you to be a part of that, okay? And m- sure. maybe maybe after the trivia, we'll talk a little Browns. Sure. So here, here's your question, Mark. Um, I'll help you out a little bit by telling you there are five answers. Okay? Okay. Since 1999, the Cleveland Browns have drafted... Five quarterbacks. So there's five answers. Can you name those five quarterbacks? Since 1999. See, it started with Tim Couch. Is this just first round or total? Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Thank you. Yes. Five quarterbacks in the first round. Thank you. Thank you for that. That's because yes. Now it looks like this is scripted, and you knew the and you knew the question already. Oh no, I was curious if you were going to include Spurgeon win with the whole Tom Brady thing. No. So you're yes, you're absolutely right. The Cleveland Browns have drafted five quarterbacks in the first round since 1999. All right. Um, yeah, I'll give this a go. Um, I'll say Tim Couch, obviously, 99 team. Um, Brady Quinn, 
I'm trying to think who else we took in the first round. Obviously, Baker Mayfield, that's three of the five. Um, I don't think, I think Colt McCoy was a second rounder, wasn't he? Uh, yes, Colt McCoy was a second rounder. So was the Kaiser. Um, and the, the other two are escaping me. I'm going to feel dumb when you give me the answer. Is that is that a? Uh... Yeah, I give up on the on the last two just for the sake. I mean, I could take the next twenty minutes and try to think of them, or you could just, or I could lie and Google, but that's not going to help. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'll give. So you. All right. We'll we'll start from the top. You got Colin Couch or Tim uh-huh. Tim Couch. Excuse me. Nineteen ninety nine, out of Kentucky. Um, right. first overall as well. Then, so your next quarterback, uh, you're correct, Brady Quinn, 22nd overall out of Notre Dame. You got that one? Oh, then, okay, Johnny Football. Uh, no, Johnny Football's not yet. Uh, okay. Brand, Brandon Whedon in 2012, 22nd overall. <laughs> the pain is real. Yes, you forgot about Brandon Whedon, and then, yes, the, <laughs> the following, uh, or actually two years later, 2014, Johnny Manziel. Which, of course, after after you heard them, Brandon Weed and Johnny Manziel, it's it's like duh, right? Those were yeah, yeah. It's it's pain painful times for Browns fans. But so speaking speaking of painful times for Browns fans, Mark, uh, you guys just fired Hugh Jackson, you just mm-hmm. fired Todd Haley. I I told you you shouldn't have hired Todd Haley to begin with. I've been watching him as a Steelers fan for years. Um, mm-hmm. you now uh, remind me the defensive coordinator, Greg uh, Williams. Greg Williams. Um. AKA Bounty Gate. Yeah. Um, you know, stand in head coach. Uh, you guys, I'm not going to say played that bad against the Chiefs, but definitely I'm starting to feel for Baker Mayfield. Do you think this is going to stunt Baker Mayfield's development, not having any offensive minds in the room? Uh, I don't think it's necessarily going to stunt him so much as it's just going to, uh, maybe give him a more realistic uh, idea of how difficult it is to, to do well in the NFL, especially when you kind of, you're playing with the remnants of garbage. Um, you know, <laughs> when, when you have to, when you lose Joe Thomas and then you replace him with an undrafted rookie who then gets benched today for a former first round bust with Greg Robinson. I mean, you know, if if anything is going to happen, I think I think Baker Mayfield is. I'm I'm hoping developing a toughness and maybe you know he hopefully survives this year and can come back next year. I still think he has that swagger. I think he carries himself the way he needs to. I I can second that. I I think you're right. If he can if he can learn now to be resilient, it can it can carry him a long way. Um, who, give, give me your, give me your head coach hopes. Who do, who do you want to hire this off season? <sighs> you know, I've been trying to be realistic about it. Um, I've, I've heard rumors of McDaniels coming back to the Cleveland area from New England. I could honestly see that potentially happening. Um, if we brought Lincoln Riley in from Oklahoma, like I'm hearing people do, like bring Baker Mayfield's college coach. I, As the I'm head coach, want, yeah, huh? I'm not. I'm not saying I want to see that. 
all I would like to see is a competent coach who, like, who doesn't have the ego of Hugh Jackson to say that like, even when he's dead wrong, he somehow still is determined to say that he's right, or he'll make an excuse. Um, you know, you, like, I would say I wish we had Bill Belichick. Well, we did, you know, back yeah. in the 90s. <laughs> so, I mean, even when we have the greatest quarterbacks and coaches in the history of the game, we either fire them or move the team. Well, that that gets into a little heavier debate of, you know, did, is Bill Belichick Bill Belichick, or did Tom Brady make Bill Belichick, or did Bill Belichick make Tom Brady, so on right. and so forth. Um, I, I will say a, a funny betting line or whatever, you know, Vegas has odds and betting for everything, including the new next head coach for the Cleveland Browns, and the most favored is Sean McVay for whatever reason, which is absolutely not going to happen. So that's kind of... I don't understand that at all. I saw the same thing. I was like, are, are they out of their mind? Yeah, he's going to leave a team at 8-1, probably going to the NFC Championship. No. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense to me at all. But, you know, Vegas people, right? Um, anyways, Mark, uh, it was good talking to you. That's a good little segment. We'll get this put in. Cool. And uh, go, go Brownies. Go Browns. Um, with that we'll do a better job on producing content but uh, you know until then guys thank you for tuning in thank you to my listeners Uh, call me about sponsorship and giving me money and this has been Undrafted